Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Well, this morning, we have a privilege, I do, of, of talking about entering into the mess. When we build relationships with neighbors, it has a potential to get a little messy, doesn't it? How many of you have stories like John Taylor did last week of, of, of just some dynamics in your neighborhood that, uh, that can get a little messy? But when we build relationship with our neighbors, it's going to get messy. So let me tell you a story. It was a dark and stormy night. Do you remember this, Donia? It was actually dark and stormy. The rain was coming down. And from behind us, we heard screaming and yelling going on. And it was, it was tremendous and terrible. So Donita, being the, uh, the one who likes to, to, to get what's going on, well, actually both of us, we opened up the window and tried to, tried to hear what was going on with the yelling and discern what was going on, uh, but we, we just couldn't. And it was coming down so hard. And I'm on the homeowners association, so I figured I better go out there and figure out what's going on before we have you know, police arrive on the scene. And... Uh, and get out there in the rain, and the rain was coming down. And uh, we come to find out that one neighbor was, was hosting a bunch of, of their friends and family and was clogging up the little roadway so the other neighbor wasn't able to access getting in or out of their own driveway. And it was causing tremendous frustration because this wasn't the first time that the one neighbor took liberties which they weren't allowed by parking more cars than they should, okay? And so here it is. It must have been 1130 or 12 at night, and this yelling is going on, just like catfighting, and they were using words I'm not even going to bring up this morning. They were absolutely livid. They were ready to throw punches. I will tell you the rest of the story in a little bit. But I imagine that some of you have messy neighbors or neighbors' messy experiences. And as you've gotten to know your neighbors, you've experienced some messy stuff in their lives. And sometimes the messiness might be a personal situation or maybe a drug addiction is going on of some sort or emotional turmoil. Sometimes it's a messy marriage or or kids. We, we have so many kids running through our, na- our, our yard right now that we have to stop them frequently and say, what are you doing coming across our yard? I don't go to your house and stand in your yard. Why are you doing that? So would you pray for me that I love them in the very best way that, that I can? But I do like Jessica's idea. And I think maybe the solution is to bring popsicles out to those kids and say, where do you live? <laughs> so I could talk to your parents. No. The reality is, the more we get to know our neighbors, the more messes we're going to find. Because people are messy, and we're messy, and our neighbors are messy. But here's the reality. As followers of Jesus, we're called to enter into the mess. Today, we're going to look at the story found in Luke chapter 5, 27 and 32. So if you have your Bible or there's one in front of you, you can turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. And for those of you who need help, it's on page 861 of my Bible. 
which is the Bible that's by your pews there, so you can check that out too. So let's read this one together. As followers of Jesus Christ, those who are led by the Spirit are going to be led in some places where it's just going to be a little messy, but it's going to be an adventure for sure. So let's take a look at the story together. It says this, After this, he went out, Jesus, and saw a tax collector named Levi. Well, when we read the book of Matthew, we see that it's named Matthew, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And in the book of Matthew, it says, and Jesus was eating also. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. When you're with Jesus, things are going to get a little messy. So let's take a look. It says, As Jesus was going along the way, he noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting at his booth. Two things to note about this. First thing is that Jesus was actively seeking Levi out. He was being intentional. He was being intentional. Jesus took the initiative with Levi. The second thing we can note is that Levi, who has a Jewish name, is a tax collector. Now, if you know anything about the stories of the gospel, gospel tax collectors were despised. They were hated people. And here's why. Because the Jews, these were Jews who had partnered with the Romans who were occupying them. And the Romans had these individuals to exact taxes from the people. And many times they took more than they should it was already an insult that, that the Jewish or that the Romans were occupying Israel, but now some of the Jews' very own people were taking advantage of the situation for their own financial benefit. And we know that because Zacchaeus, when he finally turns around, he says, Okay, I'm gonna pay back X amount even more than what I took from them. Because of this, these tax collectors, they were socially rejected, they were religiously excommunicated. And politically viewed as traitors. Now, Levi's specific job was to be a toll booth collector. So, not only were these Jews um, making them pay taxes, you couldn't even travel back and forth like you used to at one time. So, here comes Jesus taking the initiative and says, Hey, Levi. I'm Jesus. Come and follow me. Come be a part of my inner circle. What was Levi's response? He left everything and followed him. If you get a chance to watch the Chosen series, this is played out in a tremendous way. And you can take a look at that. So Levi leaves his job behind and he becomes a follower of Jesus. But apparently he doesn't leave his friends behind because in fact he throws a huge party. It's a big block party so that his friends could meet Jesus. Levi owns a home, and he uses his resources to bring the message of Jesus to his friends. 
And at this block party, it was just a, it was a big crowd. It was the riffraff. It was his associates. Bunch of messy people. Outcasts. Perhaps even more tax collectors. A large company of tax collectors and others were with him. But we know Jesus was right in his element. We do know that Jesus loves entering into the mess, but think about those brand new disciples who were with Jesus. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, they were good boys, good Jewish boys. And they don't run with this kind of crowd. They don't go to these kind of parties. And and here's Jesus, the crazy rabbi, entering into the mess. They're learning up. They're learning real close and personal that when you're with Jesus, things are going to get messy. But you know, some people don't like messy. Some Pharisees and other religious leaders were spying on Jesus, and they're never going to be inside of that party, but they were on the outside looking in. They'd never lower themselves down to associate with people that weren't like them. So they corner some of Jesus' disciples who are probably kind of being bouncers out there, kind of keeping the crowd a little back for fear that maybe something big would happen. And, and they corner the disciples and they say, why, why is he eating with sinners and tax collectors? It's one thing to have a conversation when you have to put your money in, but it's another thing to associate with them and become friendly I mean, these people, they're not even Christians. Why, why would you associate with them? They, they might even be from another religion. They might be atheists. From another country, they have different things that they do. Why would you associate with them? Jesus overhears their dialogue and he comes out on the street. He's having a party. They're out there having a conversation and somehow, I don't know how, Jesus overhears them and he comes out and he answers their question. And he says, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do. I haven't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance, to a new relationship with God, to a new way of viewing and living life. It's a tongue-in-cheek moment when Jesus is saying, I know that you guys think you're the healthy ones, you religious people. But if you were really healthy, if you were really righteous, you would know the heart of God. You would know that he came for these people who have no hope of finding me on their own. I look for broken and messy people who are in need of change in their lives, who need a new relationship with God, with the one who created them. That's why I came. Once again, you can see the disciples learning on the fly of what it means to get messy with Jesus. And the same thing goes for us. As those who are learning to follow Jesus and go where he goes, as we are being led by the Holy Spirit, we begin to see who Jesus sees and love who Jesus loves, and we're learning that when you're with Jesus, things are going to get messy. 
The people who need Jesus are likely not in this room this morning. They're likely across the street from you. So let's talk about entering into the mess. As we consider, I just wrote down three points for you, and you can write them down, or you can repeat them over and over and over and over and over again and memorize them before you leave. How's that? Then we'll have a test on your way out. But the first thing is just do something. Just do something. We can start with just getting this, putting names down, and begin to pray. Just do something. And be intentional. As you get to know your neighbors, you encounter some of the mess. But just do something. It doesn't have to be something big. It could be something small. It could be just showing up. It could be saying hi. It could be mowing that neighbor's yard who's the spy. And I've done that. His presence communicates when Jesus walked into the room that he was there, willing to enter into the mess. Sometimes neighbors might just need a listening ear. They may not have any other person to talk to, like John Taylor's story, John and Jean. That poor lady had nobody to help her. Maybe it's making a meal. Maybe it's crossing the street. Maybe it's helping someone through a difficult time or writing them a note saying that you're thinking about them or praying for them. And as you get to know them even more, you can open up more spiritual conversations. But just do something. What can you do? You can give popsicles to those neighbor kids who are running through your yard. (laughs) You can map your neighborhood like Carol Murray did. And what we'll talk about in the weeks coming up. You can invite someone over for dessert. Really, the list is endless. But what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? One of the simplest things we can do is enjoy some food together. It's what Jesus did, and it's still what works today. We have a video to play. And in checking with Lee, I think we'll just be able to do the audio for those who are at home, but we'll be able to enjoy both the audio and the video together. Let's watch this. T-
Sometimes people just need to be invited. For those of you who are at home and couldn't watch that, it's called Eat Together 2017, and you can just quickly uh, capture that link. But it was just about inviting people into community. Just do something. Be intentional. So, Donita, I have to ask for your, for your forgiveness because I've already committed ourselves <laughs> in the first service. So I pointed out these to you. Can you imagine the ethnic buffet that we could have on that back area? We have, we have Liberian food, Korean food, Russian food. We could have from, from their Hawaii, right? Hawaiian food. We could have... Um, man, there's Bangladesh, there's Pakistani... This could really be a good thing. In fact, we could open up to our whole neighborhood and see what we could do for a big potluck. What are you going to do? I'm not going to promise, but if we do, I look forward to sharing the pictures with you. How's that? That'd be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Just do something. Be intentional. The second point is to, to engaging with our neighbors is to learn how to build relationship by asking questions and listening. Perhaps we're reading a little bit between the lines, but it doesn't say that Jesus sat down with Levi and the tax collectors and started preaching. He probably got to know them, was listening to them. Someone once said that Jesus asked 307 uh, questions, but he only answered three of them. I wonder if he just enjoyed going in and listening to their lives. Do you ask questions and listen, or you, do you monopolize the conversations? This last Monday Memorial Day was one of the opportunities we had over one of those families with another family, and we en enjoyed a time of a Memorial Day celebration. We know that that one family is, are not followers of Jesus and took the opportunity to pray a blessing, thanking them for their service, but also praying a blessing that we could be together and enjoy community. It's just a start with them. But as we sat and we listened, we asked questions about them. We got to learn where he works, what he does. He showed us pictures as he's standing on the top of that dome over all of Seattle. We learned what she does with, with a mobile phone store managing that. We learned about their kids. It's not their first marriage. Things are messy. Seems like they were hurt before by someone in the church. Wouldn't you know it? At least we could be Jesus. And you can too. There will be times that we need to talk and offer a solution, but that will probably come after asking a lot of questions and listening. We've honestly lost that art of asking questions, of seeking first to understand before being understood. And therefore, we've lost the art of truly being interested in people, and it's easier not to have someone over because we don't know what we're going to talk about. 
When we don't ask questions and listen, we make a lot of assumptions, and those assumptions can lead to misunderstandings about our neighbor's messes. But asking questions, listening communicates to our neighbors that we really care about them. So it was a dark and stormy night, remember? And I explained to you the situation. It was raining. They were yelling at each other. I go out there. It is coming down so hard. 12 o'clock at night, screaming going on. What is going on? Well, this neighbor is blocking, and, and this they, they're not letting us host. And Well, what we learned in just listening was this one family was grieving because someone in their community had passed away, and they'd invited their friends and neighbors. And in their culture, they figured everyone needs to give them that space to grieve and should know better by allowing them to park. Well, this other family from a different culture, which is more private, had not even been asked or talked about that this was going to happen. So they were frustrated because this wasn't the first time. This was many times, and it had just spilled over to frustration and anger and name-calling. And When we finally heard what was going on, there was some understanding. Some cars were parked, and before leaving, had a chance to pray with the one lady who was grieving. It's messy. It's messy. And after everyone calmed down, we could take a breath and be neighbors after all. The third principle we need to take a look at is to be wise. Possibly to set some healthy boundaries. It may seem like the opposite of entering into the mess, but when our lives become entwined with other people's lives, it can get pretty difficult. We can carry some things pretty heavily, and I've gotten caught in the trap of trying to be kind and minister more than once, and it become, can become overwhelming. And it's okay to say no, or to point them into a direction of others who can help them. For instance, there may be a, a neighbor with a financial crisis, and you may feel maybe you should help, which is okay. Maybe you should ask the Lord's help in leading. But it may be even more appropriate to point them to a class like Financial Peace University where they can get the help they need. But there are times when we need to be generous and pull out a checkbook to help in a crisis. If your neighbor is struggling with marriage or kids, it, perhaps you want to serve them best by helping them find a good counselor. And sometimes we need to set some boundaries to protect our, ourselves. But please don't use that as an excuse for a loophole. As Pastor Barry talked a few weeks ago. Because we might actually need to get messy with Jesus. And we need the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit to know what we can or can't do. You've probably heard the phrase, good fences make good neighbors. But please, have a gate on your fence. And walk through and enter. Be willing to enter into the mess just like Jesus did. Think about it. It's exactly what God did. There's a clear boundary between a perfect and holy God. And he had every right to keep us at a distance. But instead, he opens the gate, comes through, becomes like us, enters into our mess, understands what we're going through, and then provides the way out through relationship with him, with what he did on the cross. He bridged the divide. He walked 
through the gate to rescue us from the pain of our mess. He gave his life for us on the cross. It's what we are going to remember here in just a few minutes. And because he was raised from the dead, he takes us by the hand and leads us into a new relationship with him. That's the good news that every one of those neighbors around me and around you need to hear. As we conclude and invite the worship team to come on up, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, let's walk through the gate with him into the mess of the world around us and into the mess of our neighbors' lives because that's what Jesus did. And when you're with Jesus, you're going to get a little messy. Are you willing to get messy with him? As you leave today, this is what we'd like to ask you to do. Just do something. Would you start with praying for your neighbors and then ask the Holy Spirit what might be the next step? Would you be willing to build relationship and ask questions? And then use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit on how much to get involved in the lives of others who are hurting. But whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did to me. Let's be willing to do that. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful and thankful that you crossed so many boundaries and found us. You reached out to us, and we remember the verse that you stand at the door of our hearts, and if we open up the door, you will come in and have a relationship, and we will enjoy you. And Father, we know there are so many who have never had the opportunity to even respond because they haven't even heard that you're knocking. No one's told them that you're knocking. We pray that today we would remember that you invited us to partner with you to enter into the mess of others so that the lost might be found, the hopeless might have hope, the lonely might have found relationship and welcome in, the broken and the hurting might be healed. Would you help us to do something? Would you help us to be intentional and learn to listen and follow the leading of your spirit? And to be wise when we can help and how to get involved. We look forward to the great stories that will arise from this summer as we become intentional. And we thank you that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who would believe. In Jesus' name, amen.